Welcome to a very, very exciting episode of the Oscar Central podcast. We are here to recap the 95th Oscars. I'm here with Nicole. How are you? How do I'm you feel? good. I feel honestly so good that this season is over because I do feel like we were getting to that point of it like needing to be done with the amount of like craziness that people are starting to get into with their theories and stuff and uh I'm I'm excited to be wrapping it up and heading into a new season yeah I feel like we need February Oscars I'm tired of yeah. March Oscars it's a even little... end of February is fine but like yeah. like once we hit March I need to be done <laughs> exactly um this was Lex's first season covering the Oscars uh how are you it. Literally, it was my first had... season covering the Oscars, and I didn't know six months ago that I happened to buy Sweeney Todd tickets um, the weekend of the Oscars. I didn't know at the time, and so when I was driving back from the airport yesterday, coming back from New York, my mom was like, you didn't plan this well. She didn't say that. She didn't, Mom, if you're listening, you didn't say that. You said, are you going to be okay for the Oscars? And I took that as you didn't plan this well. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I fell asleep. I fell asleep but you know all in all like I I did it and I only you know all things considered as much as I openly talked about um the Fablemans and everything like and I talked about Austin Butler like no one really came for me you know like did I did I join in on a few Twitter fights yeah but did anyone start it on my no so um it, it didn't scare me off too bad Talk to me next year. We'll see how that goes. I think I started more last night than I did in the rest of the season. <laughs> but last here night, we are. <laughs> last night was giving um Twitter the night that uh Trump found out he had COVID. Like I feel like all bets were off last night. Like he, Twitter was not a real place. I woke up this morning and it's kind of funny. Like I hate to make this analogy. Like I'm almost tempted to not, but now I've already started it, so now I have to. It was kind of reminiscent of like when trump won the election because it was like everybody was like there's no way this is gonna happen there's no way and then the people who thought it was were like really loud and obnoxious about it and then when the results happened everyone was like oh my god i'm shocked and then you know the other people who thought it was gonna happen were like see i told you so, i mean it just like i was like wow twitter you're such a wonderful place it's it's a wild time um, not Fableman. that I'm comparing Brendan Fraser winning an Oscar to Trump being president. I'm absolutely not. Please don't cancel me. Okay, thank you. Um, someone who won't cancel you, Sammy Fableman, is here dealing with uh, all his losses. Uh, Jacob, how are you? How are you feeling? You have an Oscar shirt on. You can't be feeling too bad. No, like I said on our um, on our spaces last night, I just love that I got my superhero shout out from uh jimmy kimmel and yeah i don't know i'm i liked the show and i'm excited to talk about it with you guys and i'm really glad to have done this season with you three and everyone else at oscar central and i'm just so excited for many more love it loves it um so i guess just to start us off at the oscars last night Everything Everywhere All at Once was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, it won the most awards of the night with seven. Um, in the history of the Academy, no film has won this many above the line Oscars. So acting, directing, writing, and producing 
which is so much more impressive than this uh, tout of it being the most awarded film of all time because things change every year. There are more mm-hmm. awards every year. Um, but I think that is just like what proves this is like the one of the biggest films that's hit the Oscars. Um, it won picture, director, original screenplay, lead actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, and film editing. It was followed by a movie that was not so quiet on the Western front. <laughs> no, no one here liked that. By the way, no, I, I did. I, enjoyed that. I liked it. What did What did I think of at like one a.m.? Because I did wake up in the middle of the night. Um, Saturday night I was on a like Josh Groban induced lavender haze and didn't sleep at all. So last night, night of the Oscars, I crashed, went to sleep. I woke up at like one a.m. Read who won. And what did I think of at 1 a.m. that I thought it was, um, you need to calm down on the Western front. You're being too loud. <laughs> I'm Taylor Swift. Uh, hey, welcome to All Quiet on the Western Front. This Taylor. is how Taylor wins her Oscar. This is how Taylor <laughs> Swift wins her Oscar. <laughs> it could have been nominated had she made an original song for All Quiet on the Western Front. I would have liked but, to have heard that. Um, <laughs> but that All Quiet on the Western Front won four oscars cinematography original score which could be contested um international feature and best production design um that's the most so, of any film from netflix so to, to everyone who early on thought that i was crazy when i went all in on it um i saw the writing on the wall actually i didn't i just took a very big chance but um sometimes those pay off sometimes those pay off Sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't with uh, The Fablemans, the first TIFF People's <laughs> Choice winner since 2011 to not win any Oscars. And um, none for so, Sammy Fableman, bye. <laughs> so all those people that yelled at us out of TIFF that it was the best picture frontrunner, which many of us never believed, um, what happened? Uh, but Banshees of Inisherin, Tar, Elvis, and Triangle of Sadness all went home empty-handed. This is the first time in the expanded era that more than 50% of the Best Picture nominees went home empty-handed. So quite the night. Um, but moving on to just like the telecast, not the winners or outcomes in any categories. What did everybody think of it? Did you love it? It was a little long. So I know some people were mad. But what did you guys think of just the telecast overall? I have Person. to say that, like, my one of my first reactions is I remember last year, like, not loving the set design. And this year, I thought it was really well done. Um, last year, we had the the tables. The tables. And I get, like, it was still, like, semi-COVID. And now we're just, like, screw it. Ignoring it. Yeah. Um, but Except for Jessica Chastain, our queen. queen. Well, you know, her Broadway show is still in previews. She's got to be there for the, the critics. Um, like, I'm surprised she, I'm surprised she came at all, to be honest, because especially with Halle Berry co-presenting, like, she, if she's sick, there's a good chance that there's theater critics. Or have they already opened yet? They may have already opened, know. so maybe they're there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I don't know um but yeah I thought the set I thought like also the pacing of the show was much better this year like there was this really it was long but like it was still well paced um and granted I watched it on Hulu this morning and so I didn't have to deal with like commercial breaks or anything um but yeah I thought it was well paced and 
I'm never going to be a Jimmy Kimmel fan. I thought he did a better job this year than he did last year, though. Yeah, I had very low expectations for Jimmy Kimmel um, because I'm not like a fan of his in general. And he really exceeded my expectations. Like I thought he did fine. Um, There was nothing that I thought was like particularly offensive. They didn't like he didn't get into the whole thing, which is like my least favorite thing with a host for anything, which is when they go all in on the whole like, well, I haven't seen these movies. Um, I actually feel like it was the opposite. Like he kept commenting on the movies themselves. And I was like, he watched them. Interesting. <laughs> at one point, yeah. he said he watched them, right? Well, at one like, point, yeah. he goes, he was making fun of how long the show was going to be. And he said, I was in a theater watching your movies. So you're okay. going to be here for three and a half hours, which I yeah. thought was really funny because there was the whole everyone complaining about how long movies were this year. So yeah. I was like, maybe he did watch them. There were some good jokes. I do think, and like, okay, obviously, the whole thing with the slap and all of that, like, they had to bring it they had to acknowledge it in some way i do, I do think, think that it was, it was really a little bit that they never named him yes and i think that was good and they didn't like try to make any like chris rock didn't jokes. show up right and there were no jokes about like chris rock being in the right per se like it was just like please don't come up and slap me um which is fair. and the rr um, like being yes. like if you go over this is what okay. we're doing was really funny that mm-hmm. was funny i thought the whole like go off without a hitch or without hitch was actually very clever like I felt like they handled it as better than I expected them to and I mean that that's really how I would say it's, the whole thing went it's um the whole awkward thing of like it's more awkward if they don't say anything so I'm right I'm right. pleased with the way they yeah did it. I thought that most of the bits were actually quite funny like yeah bring a donkey out on stage um i even thought the cocaine bear thing was pretty funny i i will say like the joke with malala felt a little weird yeah um, like it didn't quite land but i liked most of the bits like i thought it was funny there were times where everybody on twitter was like whoa why why don't we get like longer speeches for things like this i'm like y'all they're clearing the stage for the next thing like calm down but like like, the cocaine bear thing where he was like off stage i was like he's clearly all has everyone looking that way so they can set up the stage they they told us rihanna was next like what are you guys like what do you want to do which, speaking um, of, I thought the musical performances, for the most part, were very good. I thought Rihanna and Lady Gaga both, like, killed it. I liked Lady Gaga's very, like, stripped back. I you know, I need to know, um, does House Labs have makeup remover? Because <laughs> she got that makeup rest- look was intense. And then it was yes. very it was fresh. Like no residue. Robert Pattinson in the Batman. Literally. <laughs> intense. Um, we also have Jillian here now. Hello. She made it. We missed you. Hello. You? I'm great. I jetted home from work. I said the first thing I want to do is not relax, but go on this podcast to talk about sugars. <laughs> she had to get her all quiet on the Western Front adapted score vibes in. <laughs> um I really was happy with uh, the way that when they did the categories that were text that they like did little presentations on the categories. Like I at first was like, why is Michael B. Jordan explaining cinematography? 
But then I was like, you know what? Creed 3 is currently the number one movie in the country. I think people are listening to him. And I think I that's think, really cool. I think that maybe every year, actually, we should have Michael B. Jordan explain a different Oscar category to people. He should um, explain all of them. I think that that would get everyone's attention. <laughs> uh, I really like that, though. It's especially um, film editing, where they had that lady like on stage. They should have <laughs> got Spielberg up there. They should have gotten Spielberg up there. Or no, like they should have gotten Gabriel LaBelle. Yeah. <laughs> My um, sister's boyfriend, Gabriel LaBelle. I really like that. The only thing I didn't like was um, I was thinking about it this morning because I was thinking like it felt like there were way less people there. And I think part of that is because they had the presenters present multiple categories. So you had less presenters. Like I think of like, okay, I, this might be really weird, but so... I was really excited that Emily Blunt and The Rock presented because it gave me flashbacks to when, like, they announced Twilight's casting and Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart presented. Or, like, when they announced, like, Fifty Shades of Grey, like, Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan presented. And it was the first time they were, like, seen together in public like that. And I think that, like, yes, we have less movies where you have, like, big casting announcements or whatever. But it was always cool. Like, I... I just feel like we were missing something with that. And I think like the lack of like having more presenters like kind of like prohibited that. But I do know that like a couple people got COVID and weren't able to partake. Pour one out for Glenn Close. Um, we're thinking of you in this time, Glenn Close. Patty LaPone like, took a swim in her Andrew Lloyd Webber memorial pool for you. She was really like traumatized by the whole debuts thing. It was like, I'm not going back. <laughs> um... But I do want to say one thing that really bothered me was um, Disney putting their own trailer into the broadcast. Like they it said, wasn't... we own ABC and we can do what we want to. I, I wouldn't have even minded the like 100 years of Disney thing or whatever. Like Warner Brothers thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, that's like, fine. That's fine. That would have been cool. Just put the trailer on during the commercial break like yeah did you see that someone did like a behind the scene I guess I don't know if it's behind the scenes like the crowd like during the trailer it almost reminded me of like the Super Bowl halftime where it's like no one is like paying attention to what's happening but like if you're watching it from your home you're like so engrossed in the trailer but like the people in that room did not care for that trailer like which is so awkward for the cast that's there. Like, I wouldn't have wanted to be. And she was like, they were so excited about him. <laughs> it was just like, it felt very like we own this broadcast. Mm-hmm. And I well, was like, not a fan of it. And I also wouldn't mind as much if they had had like other trailers premiering during it too, because I'm not opposed to the idea of premiering trailers for big films in the coming year at the Oscars per se but it can't be just Disney you know what I mean yeah like I it just really bothered me especially like we're all arguing like put more trailers for big movies Mm -hmm. at the Oscars but it's like I mean in the commercial breaks I don't (laughs) in the broadcast like it was just very jarring for me I don't know if anybody else was just like it kind of distracted me from the trailer because I was like I cannot believe they did this like it was it was a bit traumatizing yeah I agree like 
I think it would be interesting if each studio that was like there what if they had like a presentation I guess I would be like CinemaCon but like what if they did like a presentation of the movies they put out that year like that make because it's like we're there to celebrate movies um and I feel like that would have been cooler like the trailer just felt so lackluster and I feel bad that that was like their moment to kind of present it where it didn't have that same appeal that like you mentioned before like I remember when Dakota Johnson was like did she I forget what she did it was there like the SNL 40 or like um the Oscars and everyone was freaking out like that she was there and then like they brought Jamie Dornan it was like this big like coming out moment which is weird to say even though like people knew who she was and it's like I feel like that's what this was for them but it didn't work in the same way it just felt like oh we can take up ad space since it's on our channel and it's like you might as well have put it on disney plus so that we didn't have well, to pay for subscriptions it was like just put it on disney plus i it is really weird like i feel like it would have been more impactful for hallie's moment if like her and I feel bad I don't know his name the actor that's playing Prince Eric had presented together yeah and then, and then when they cut to commercial it was the Lemonade trailer mm-hmm. like I feel like they've done that in the past with things yeah they did so that last I, year yeah what I remember is um this sounds so dumb is Megan Fox presented with someone oh, yeah. and then they cut to the Transformers trailer and it was kind of like the first big moment for that and I remember it because like I knew who she was because of her Lindsay Lohan Mary Kay Ashley background but like I feel like that was like a big like wow this is going to be like the movie of the summer and like it wasn't spliced into the broadcast it was like they presented and then like the trailer came and you were like oh my god I just saw them like I don't know. Yeah. It just kind of like took away from it. They could have taken those extra two minutes and given it to the Avatar people so that they could have finished thanking their families. Um, Paul Mescal's reaction. It was all of us in that mm. moment. Paul he, Mescal, he, you are all of us. He passes every <laughs> test. He wore something he cool. He brought his mom. He got mad that they cut off a tech category speech. He was a like he was in every shot, just like holding hands, making like like king. He won. Him and Colin he held Farrell. hands with Angela Bassett, so he actually won the night. Yes, um, Jacob. What did you think of the telecast overall? Um, yeah, I mean, it's basically the same thing that everyone said. I thought it was paced really well, other than that Little Mermaid um, trailer. I I know Nicole was living for the Matt Damon joke. Um, what about yeah. me? Yeah. Well. Yes. I always forget that, that Jimmy Damon. Kimmel's bit is that he hates Matt Damon because they're friends, so I always forget about it. And every time he brings it up, I'm like, lovely, lovely. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I thought the telecast really worked. And it goes to show, because I'm sure we'll talk about the ratings, how well you can do without having people come up and do the worst skits you've ever seen for, you know, 20 minutes. So, Yeah. I will and say I, it felt very intimate. Like it, mm-hmm. I I like the COVID era one because it did feel really intimate in the train station. I know people hated that, but I thought it was like really. Jillian's like know. Steven Soderbergh writes. Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like very like cute. Like 
I don't know, you and your friends are winning awards in a train yeah. station. It felt like um, a celebration more than like. Yeah. And this one felt like intimate, but it also felt like I think someone mentioned in a group chat, like it felt like how the Tonys are. Like it felt like I think just the presentation of the stage with those like marquees where people's names were on them. Um, it, something felt like it was lacking. And I don't know if it had to do with like what was mentioned of like pairing up presenters so you had less like I feel like they needed not that the people in the room were not like superstars but I feel like they needed like a well okay they like, needed Tom Cruise let's they, talk needed, about a Tom it. Cruise. they needed Tom Cruise they needed more if they could have got more reunions I think that yeah. would have been interesting like they needed more of a celebration of like Nine, it was the 95 years. I didn't feel like it was really encapsulating that mm -hmm. in any way. We needed a wow, the power of movies over 95 years montage, not just like, I don't know. Like, I had such high hopes for the montages because I felt like we got that best picture montage earlier this week or like last week. And I thought mm -hmm. that was great. And then it opened with a great montage. And yeah, we got like the best picture presentations, but I was like waiting on like, 95 years is like a mark you know like I know they're waiting mm -hmm. on 100 but like last year we got all those random montages and I was just kind of like where's the 95th um, one was the 2018 one was that that was the 90th I remember that one had really good montages and like yeah they had one was... that really got me from the beginning and I was like where was that yeah that one's really good, except I can't remember what's in it that like aged really poorly. But that one's really good. Um, I did like um the clips. Um, I didn't like the little montages for the acting presentations. I wish we would go back to like clips of yeah. scenes. Just give us the Oscar scene. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like like I don't. What is the handle at Oscar Clips underscore? Yeah. Um, like I love their like clips. And it's, like, so sad that, like, we get, like, little montages of performance. I feel like it doesn't really entice you to watch the movie if you're, like, an audience viewer who hasn't seen the movie. Because, like, you're just getting, like, little snippets and not just, like, obviously a clip doesn't represent the whole performance. But it just kind of feels, like, complete. Weird. I also... Yeah. I also feel like they they were doing so many montages for the same films like the entire yeah. night to where it's like when you get to the acting categories, why not just highlight the single acting performance rather than do another, you know, montage of the movie that they had been doing like all night with everything. That said, they gave me the dialogue for Barry's best scene in Banshees, so I can't. But you know what? You know what they didn't do? They didn't do any of the dialogue for the adapted screenplays. Yeah, I yeah. was so I was, I was so confused about that because the um, oh, best weird. picture montage that they did like online is like so much of Ben was shot, and I was like, "What? Like, why did you? Is it because you didn't nominate anyone from this? Like." lineup in other than um bill nye like it was so weird um yeah i don't know i but i really did love it it felt really like they love they went overboard being like we love the craftsman's people mm -hmm. like yeah. which i was okay with because i that's like i love that. honestly like, i want more of that <laughs> to yeah. make up for the whole like 
what if we just don't show all the categories live? <laughs> I feel like they were like, just kidding. We love everyone. We <laughs> love. I do like that he brought it up though. Like I will give Jimmy Kimmel that. Like I'm glad he brought it up because it's like, like the slap kind of like awkward to not say anything about how last year it was like a train wreck. Um, but I'm sad for like the nominees from last year who didn't get to feel like that Special. amount of love. But I guess that the visual effects people this year didn't really feel anything. I will uh, say so the like, one thing. Also, following up that with a CGI Fridays joke, um, Jimmy Kimmel, this is why I don't like you. <laughs> like, you go to CGI Fridays. <laughs> I will take the winners to Chili's, the better mm-hmm. American fast casual restaurant. Excuse me. Uh, Chili's is actually triggering for me and Lex. Um, they don't have dirty martinis at Chili's, but they have Bloody Marys. Make that make sense. I think the waitress they're just hated me and <laughs> so what um, you're saying is we're never getting a chili sponsorship no i'm sorry as they you're need, holding up no. your olipop holding up my olipop i got josh groban in my backpack and i'm like i'm not a fan of chilies <laughs> listen i actually think that they need to sponsor us to make up to me and lex for our traumatic chili experience. yeah all what you need to do lex is buy bring, some bring my baby back baby back ribs <laughs> <laughs> Take the money that you would use to sponsor us, please, and go buy some wall art, put it up on the walls of the Raleigh Chili's, and then go get yourself some softer lighting. I swear I thought I was being interrogated. I thought I was about to be executed. Like, I just, I literally, Nicole will tell you, I had a panic attack. Um, It's true. I will say that uh, someone at work was asking me about it. Because they're like, it was your night, as if I was the nominee, or as if I was there. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, I was there. Um, And I was like, you know what? I feel like they did a really good job at, like, apologizing to the audience that they alienated last year, as in us, by, you know, cutting the categories, having those horrendous, like, fan moment things, whatever they did. And, like, they tried so hard to, like, tap into audiences that don't care. And this year felt like one big, like, apology. And I don't know if it was because they realized that and someone told them. Like, even, like, the TikTok stuff last year, like, the influencers, like, they really went to the bare minimum this year, which is, like, what they needed to do to, like, put on a show. And I think they are working their way up to, like, get back their core audience, which is us. I also yeah, like I don't know if I it's because of the films that were nominated, but I do think it's so funny that last year was such a let's pull the viewer in type of year and the ratings dipped. And then they again, like Jillian said, they got back to like a celebration of let's honor all these movies and the ratings like rose quite a bit. I just think that that's very telling of what people actually want to see, um, you know, from the from the academy bill kramer said we're gonna get them back i like i have they obviously won't announce for a while who's producing next year but i hope it's the same team because i really thought it was like really great and i hope that they keep focusing on us and the nominees and not people who care about Zack snyder um Moving on from Zack Snyder, let's dive into the winners. So I want to start with the acting winners. So big, big night for everything, everywhere, all at once in the acting categories. 
It is the third film to win three acting Oscars. Uh, previously, Street Car Named Desire and Network both won three acting Oscars, but neither won Best Picture. Um, so we had Michelle Yeoh win lead actress. We had Brendan Fraser win lead actor. We had Kiki Kwan win Best Supporting Actor and Jamie Lee Curtis win Best Supporting Actress. This is uh, big for A24. They're the first studio to ever win all four acting categories, which is absolutely insane. When it happened at SAG, it was a big deal. But the Oscars, that's that's really crazy. Um, Michelle Yeoh obviously made history, the second woman of color and the first Asian woman to win lead actress um, in 95 years. So really crazy um Kei Kwan is the first person that was born in Vietnam to win um, an acting Oscar which is really exciting um it's really crazy that we had so much history made from like one film it's crazy to me that um Michelle Yeoh is the second woman of color period Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy to me that she's the first Asian actress to win Best Actress, but the second woman of color overall. Like I was thinking about that today, and I was like, like overall, ninety-five overall, years, like ninety-five like years. And you know what? My dad was driving me home from the airport last night, and he's like, "Who do you think is gonna win?" And um, I was still holding on to Angela Bassett, and I said, um. You know, I think Angela Bassett is going to get supporting actress. Um, it's her time. And my dad had seen my four-year consideration article that I've written. And he was like, what is this business of you saying that it's time she wins? She already won. I was like, no, she hasn't. And he's like, uh-uh, she won for what's love got to do with it. Like, my dad was adamant. Like, I Googled it and showed him. And he still was like, no, Lex, she won for what's love got to do with it. And it's just like... But she should have won for what's love got to do with it. And not to like segue, but I mean, I like Jamie Lee Curtis. I know I like give her a lot of crap for her Nebo baby thing, but I do that to all Nebo babies. And in terms of Nebo babies, she's lower on the offensive list. Like, although really- to be fair, most Nebo babies don't point it out in their Oscars. Right. <laughs> like, usually they don't have a level of self awareness, and she does. And so, like, you do your thing, Jamie. But like, I just. Um, you know, I'm happy for her on a personal level, but I wanted, I mean, if anybody from everything everywhere were to win it, it should have gone to Stephanie. And there was a tiny part of me, even though I was gunning for Angela from the beginning, I kind of deep down knew it wasn't going to happen. And there was a part of me that was like, what if they just went completely rogue and gave it to Stephanie? And there was a, I'd kind of convinced myself that was going to happen and then when it didn't, I was a little disappointed. And I feel, I just feel bad for Stephanie where you've got he and Michelle and they're here at the forefront. And Stephanie's just so much more integral to the story than Jamie that it's like this thing where of seeing her kind of on the outsides of that makes me a little bit sad. Um, but, you know, I think, I don't know, this was the first year where I'm looking at all these stats um, where I'm just like, um, like Ruthie Carter being the second 
or the first black woman to win two Oscars. Not like any in any particular category. She's just the first black woman to win two Oscars. And I know like we all say like, oh, Oscar's so white. Like we all know that there's a representation issue with within the Academy Awards. But this was the first year that I just was like so hyper aware of it. Of like we're really celebrating that the second person of color in 95 years won Best Actress. And we're really celebrating that the first uh Asian actor one feature it's just like we're really celebrating these tiny little baby milestones in 95 years and like if anything that was a bit of an eye-opener for me of like yeah we all know that there's this representation problem but I was like I I didn't realize just how bad of a representation problem there is that's why yeah. stats are important <laughs> it it really was you know Davis said yeah. that she's the start of that stats thing and ever since then it's been like Wow. Yeah. It it really was striking, especially with, you know, their gamble paid off getting Hallie to be, you know, one mm-hmm. of the presenters for Best Actress and to see her get to give the award to Michelle Yeoh. And like Kenzie said on our space, uh, our Twitter space last night, um, Jessica Chastain did a really good job of sort of, you know, obviously she was co-presenting, but stepping back and like letting them have the moment and not, you know, trying to make herself like too involved. Um, but really the acting categories for me this year are so weird because I am so in love with two of these wins. Like I think that Michelle and Kay both are fantastic wins. They gave beautiful speeches. Um, everyone in the room seemed so excited for them. They seemed so excited. And, you know, like there's that video of, um, Michelle Yeoh's mother, like she's also the first actress of, of, um, Malaysian heritage to win at all which is really exciting um and then you have the other two and I again like Lex said like I also I don't really have anything against Jamie Lee Curtis but it's one of my least favorite wins of the night um to if Angela Bassett had lost to Stephanie or if Angela Bassett had lost to Carrie Condon or even if Angela Bassett had lost to Hong Chow where I would genuinely look at it and say um sorry I sound like Elizabeth Banks um I would genuinely look at it and say that okay the voters just liked this performance more the voters thought this was a better performance then it would be one thing to to swallow that um but I don't think anyone voting was like wow Jamie Lee Curtis gave the best supporting actress performance this year and because of that it's it's sad to me to see her get the legacy win over Angela Bassett um when I mean Jamie Lee Curtis has like done good work in the past but I think that Angela Bassett has a more impressive filmography overall like she's more someone that I'm like she should have an Oscar um and it's it's sad to see her not get to have that moment and I know that there were a lot of people online ragging on her for like showing that she was disappointed um I honestly don't know that that's the reaction she would have given if Stephanie had been the winner um and I like I think she should be allowed to be disappointed, um, especially after the run-up that she had and, and you know, everything that sort of has been going on and the fact that she was favored to win for a long time. Um, and then there's the Brendan Fraser win, um, which, you know, now that the season is over, we no longer have to watch him cry all the time. Um, so there's that at least. Uh, I am happy for Brendan Fraser. I hate that he won for this movie. I don't think this is a win that's going to age well at all. I think it's going to age like milk. 
Um, I think that I saw the stat about he's what is it like the is it the ninth or the twelfth? Uh, the ninth. Person? Yeah, ninth man to win for playing a gay character. Um, how many of those men were actually queer? Um, I think mm-hmm. that stat left off. Um, it, yes. Ali. Yes, he's the tenth. So it's even more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's so many things I don't love about this. We'll get to my least favorite one of the night later. Um. But you know what? <laughs> I guess I just have to believe that this one is for the mummy. Um. And Austin Butler, babe, you were wronged. Um, um, let's let's talk about him and Angela Bassett holding both hands. I wanted to try. Who won? Was... Would you rather have a piece of like whatever that's made out of statue, or hold I hands would... with Angela Bassett? It's I would rather hands with Angela Bassett. I would. Yep. I would. If you told me I was going to be nominated for an Oscar and then not only was I going to lose, I was never going to act again, but I got to hold both hands with Angela Bassett, I would be like, let me go get some antibacterial I, hand well, soap so that I I've have seen them before. like touch hands and like hold hands and like on like on the red carpet and stuff. And I was just like, I think it's so cute. It's the most like unsuspecting friendship, I feel like, because she's like such a legend and he feels so new. Um, but it's funny because like you were talking about like she also was like with Paul Mescal. I'm like, maybe she's like, I know who should be because there's so many pictures of her with Stephanie Chu at the Vanity Fair party. And I'm like, she knows who is up and coming and like the real deal. Um I but I just my th- I want to go back to Jamie Lee Curtis for one second. I I think her performance is truly bad in everything everywhere actively Um, bad but she is such a legend and hearing them say halloween at the oscars is something that um for me means the world to me like spoiler alert she killed michael myers and then won an oscar like six months later (laughs) like nobody does it like jamie lee curtis um also as our friend sophia from oscar wilde pointed out she is the first friend of from the Real Housewives franchise to win an Oscar. So um Denise Richards next. I don't know. Like she was also a real housewife. That could be the first housewife to win. Maybe Kyle. And Richards the third Bond girl to win. Rosamund Pike needs to get on that. We we need, you know what I was thinking? We need a Rosamund Pike Angela Bassett um film. I feel like the chemistry would be really good. And they could both win for the same movie. And I would really like that. Um, but Brendan Fraser, um, listen, I saw the mummy in theaters so many times. My dad was like, please stop. Um, I stole Blast from the Past from Blockbuster, still have it. Um bad movie and i'm really sorry bad performance if i have to hear this is a or people are amazing one more time i will cut myself um I, wait it's Jillian, the, no it's the um i have to prove i have I to know i did thing. one thing right like i just like stop Jillian, can you please share what you said to me earlier about what you think he should have done after he won <laughs> When he got on stage. <laughs> Jacob's like <laughs> I have no idea. Sorry. 
when he got on stage was <laughs> wait Julian type it type it and I'll read it neither of you are talking like both of you your mouths are moving but no okay, sound I gotta out. say it clearly for the listeners I'm very sorry that um you know we're we think we're really funny we're probably not um I mean Jillian is I'm not um but Brendan Rainer should have gone on stage lifted his Oscar thank you Academy and then Levitt <laughs> 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 no Sadie Sink should have read his speech for him no. <laughs> I'm so dead just like a certain character but I'm um anyway i'm crying like brendan <laughs> fraser in every single moment of his life. um also uh, i just when i won my oscar and i'm crying on stage after making fun of brendan fraser for <laughs> julian if you're ever nominated for an oscar i will personally like hope whoever like dresses you for the oscars like rig it so that you can be lifted into the air <laughs> wait we should start planning it now um I he was just like my fifth in the category like I you know Colin Farrell had the overdue narrative and was actually like overdue for specific performances um speaking of Colin Farrell having the time of his life brought a son he got his son let him pet the donkey I that was fake Jenny Let's talk it about was face, a Jenny. Because because son and him with the matching velvet tuxedos. So cute. So I genius. Just, he was having the time of his life, and I love someone who doesn't act like too cool for the broadcast. So that was thrilling. Um <laughs> if we're talking about Jenny, people, like always like so into it. He was so into it. Um, like the question, he was like, Hell yeah, like I'll answer a question. Like um, but my only takeaway from the questions that I didn't bring up when we talked about Malala is um, the question was from someone named Joanne in New York. Uh, Lady Gaga, is that you? <laughs> Lady Gaga's it's, aunt? Lady Gaga's, like, it's either Lady Gaga over. or it's Patty Lapone. <laughs> so. uh, same thing. Um, <laughs> oh but... my God. Wait, do you think, hold up. Now we're starting a conspiracy theory. That it was Patty Lapone. Lady Gaga has Lady Gaga just been a Patty Lapone character this entire time. Weren't they on American Horror Story together? Yeah, but Lindsay Lohan was also in the parent trap with Lindsay Lohan if you catch him adrift. Listen, but I'm saying, like, could that have been her like, look, we're not the same person? Right. I need for Lady Gaga and Patty Lapone to play like younger, older versions of each other in a film. Someone make this happen now. And we're gonna get them both. We're getting them both Oscars. It'd be Patty Lapone playing a younger version of herself because that's who Lady Gaga has been. It would be her her life story. That would be the last biopic winner. Patty Lapone (laughs) performed at the 2017 Super Bowl. (laughs) Lady Gaga played Evita. 
Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga jumped was from the... robbed of the role of Norma Desmond on Broadway. And you know, if Lady Gaga had been in The Whale and then won an Oscar for it, she would have levitated to the rafters because <laughs> she was committed to the role. My mind was I'm still dead. on Patty Lapone. I was trying to picture Patty Lapone in The Whale. <laughs> Lady Gaga really would have killed The Whale. Like, she would have been the only person there that knew what she was doing because no one I else did. Know, Patty Lapone what about, can I say, Mr. Darren Aronofsky, who when MIA after that movie came out and his actor wins an award and he's everywhere to be seen at every single party with this man, but is nowhere to be seen while the movie is out. It's the curse the math isn't him. nothing. It's the curse of him opening his mouth. Um, my favorite director, but my least favorite at the same time. Um, my favorite speech was from Kehi Kwan. Um, I mean, I my eyes out, and it made me feel like I could do anything. I when he looked into the camera and talked to his mom, oh I was like, God. I'm done for. I had my eyes out. That That's where is... I was like, wow, I've realized no one has ever looked into the camera giving their Oscar speech before. I really thought it was so special because like, I feel like you don't think about, especially people who win like later in their careers, like that their parents don't get to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I think that was so special. And I'm so happy his mom will like have that moment forever. Like, especially someone like him that like, it wasn't like easy for him being an actor. So, you know, his mom has had to like, really like help him so much like s- with so much support emotionally just like being in that industry but just like I cannot like obviously they always do supporting actor in the beginning but it was just like how do you top this speech like no one did ever I don't think <laughs> um, <Maybe> Brendan levitated <laughs> Brendan levitated 10 out of 10 <laughs> Okay, I have a serious question. He said people are amazing. People are amazing. Kept talking about whales, and they spent the whole campaign trying to be like people aren't whales, and they they spent the entire campaign being like, "What do you mean? It's just a movie dick reference." Like they were gaslighting us, and And then the makeup people got up there and they're like. We won this for turning Brendan Fraser into a whale. Like, and then Brendan Fraser goes, I became a whale. And I'm like, oh, no, the whales that cried movie. that much. No, they I'm gotta so keep sorry. the ocean I'm wet. So they gotta keep the ocean I'm wet. I'm so sorry, but the only whale movie that should have been taken home Oscars was Avatar The Way of Water. I said, oh what I said. Can I say the one last star. thing about Brendan Fraser levitating? <laughs> <laughs> No, this is a joke I want to carry on for all time. Is it, is it you set know? to do Alipa's number one? <laughs> you know what's funny? If whenever I bring that up to people that have seen the movie or like haven't seen the movie, they're like, I don't understand what you're saying is wrong with that. <laughs> Where does he go? Is it a superhero movie? But okay, hear me out. Brendan Fraser levitates after winning his Oscar and it's Natasha Bedingfield's pocket full of sunshine is where it's like, take me away. Jillian, can you edit that on TikTok? <laughs> um, but, like, it's not as funny in the movie as the idea. That's how Brendan Fraser. I don't know what you're talking about. Oscar. When I saw the movie, I laughed and then walked away before it said directed. <laughs> 
I literally <laughs> sat there like I think I've misunderstood something. I, I saw it alone at an AMC on a Thursday night because it was the day my mom came into town and it was like 10 45 and there was a guy eating like five chick-fil-a sandwiches at the beginning and i was like does he know what movie we're seeing like what is going on it was just the worst experience of my life um but michelle yo um i just like still am so glad that that paid off the planning and yeah beautiful speech also beautiful. about mothers about um, mother and, the clip and then watching the video of her mom oh. it's so sweet mm-hmm. um just i i don't know i really love that it was like an older group of winners and like i like obviously jamie lee curtis was a career win but like i'm still happy jamie lee curtis has an oscar so i don't i've had to suffer through a lot of men getting oscars they didn't really deserve for specific performances and Jamie Lee Curtis like championed that movie and everyone oh. in it the whole time. And I like that she made her speech like not about her. Even after I saw um a video of Halle Berry talking to her, like she was doing like a post Oscar interview, and she put her Oscar like away out of the shot and was like reconnecting with people that like you worked like nearby the whole time has been like one of her favorite parts of like this campaign and like. I don't know. I just feel like she made it like not about her. And I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Stephanie was definitely who I wanted to win. I too like um Lex was like, maybe they'll just vote for her. Um, but I I don't know. I still think she like Jamie Lee, not my favorite performance, would not even be in my top 50 supporting performances from last year. But, you know, in the press room, she advocated for genderless categories for acting Oscars. And I think that, like, she is not just, like, an ally. Like, she's, like, capital A ally. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. I, it's not just because she shared Oscar Central on her Facebook. Um, <laughs> but first Oscar winner to share Oscar Central. That's true. Um, but I don't know. I still, it's fine. It's fine with me. I, yeah, I yeah I think like with her you need people that like and I also love that she dedicated to it to her parents like I feel like that's what really meant a lot for her um and just you need someone on your film that like they like she can say not that she's gonna go on like a tangent that's like harmful and offensive but like she can do whatever because she no like she's in a position where like it won't affect her like her castmates and I feel like she really took that to heart and like made sure to advocate for this film and I think with our four winners like I know every year we say like the narrative is important and like the campaigning and I think a lot of the other times we see the campaigning of like you know someone the most iconic example like Robin Malik and Renee Zellweger like what was their narrative? I don't know. They were just everywhere, you know? And it's like this year we had people that were everywhere, but they they all had like their own narrative where I would say two out of the four, it coupled with the performance. And then the other two, it was like their narrative really carried them. But it was, I think it was interesting to see like that playing more of a part that like the other competitors, like they didn't really have anything to carry them. Like, I don't know, maybe Colin Farrell, but like, I think it was just all in the timing and specifics of everything for those four winners of like it coming together for them. 
I wouldn't have chosen Brendan Fraser for that specific reason. Um, I would have chosen Colin Farrell if that's the route that they wanted to go in and not give it to a newcomer like Austin or Paul. Um, but I just think it's fascinating. And I wonder what notes like studios and other actors who want Oscars are going to take from this season. Yeah, I am really excited to see, like, not even just, like, movie-wise, but, like, campaign-wise what mm-hmm. happens next year, especially with the acting categories. Because Banshee's tried to replicate it too late, and, like, it didn't work for them, obviously. Don't remind us. Um, does anybody it's the else... the next family film that's winning Best Picture, because we've Truly. had to more about families. Truly. Um, here's how Maestro can win Best Picture. Just kidding. <laughs> There's the uh, mom, there's the dad. Does anybody else have anything to say about the acting categories before we move? Um, on? very happy that Kia Kwan shouted out Chunk in his speech. My my Presley and I were like cheering for that. I love that he made his speech like about like family, not giving up on your dreams, acting, his current movie, his past movie. It was so like, I don't know. He I kept thinking, like, you know, when someone knows they're going to win, like, you know, they're, like, saving things for their speech. I feel mm-hmm. like he did the best of, like, encompassing all his speeches, like, a summary of all his speeches. And it, like, really, like, it, it was, like, watching it and you were, like, wow, this is, like, the Olivia Coleman speech where you just, like, watch it repeatedly. Like, I already know that's going to pop up on my Chrome thing as, like, another another speech. The way that Olivia Coleman's YouTube speech pops up before oscar central on my chrome thing is hilarious because i watch it too much um, i love that we didn't get like the typical like thank you agent like yeah it's mm-hmm. like we've had a few that i'm just like and especially when it's like they keep winning like the 2020 turns into that group that like i was like can someone like just stop and give us an interesting speech or get someone else like it gets so repetitive but i like that in this group like we saw them pop up multiple times and it didn't feel like you were tired of them and you always got some except one person um and you always got something new and like their speeches and like a new avenue of them um and like that they were able to also like pull it off at the oscar night and not like have to be reduced to like thank you agent thank you producer like it was just Mm -hmm. i felt really special i felt really like they were excited to win and like even seeing key like he's all over tiktok and like all these videos of him with the oscar and it's like that's what you want to see you want to see people he, like excited. um there's a tiktok of him and he's eating something and it looks like one of those mcdonald's wraps does everybody know what i'm talking about and i'm mm-hmm. like did they give him one or is that just like very specific catering like i need to know because it looks identical um i need to know uh, so moving on to director and screenplays, um, we had the Daniels win both original screenplay and best directors, and then we had Women Talking win best adapted screenplay, which marks the third straight year of women winning at least one of the screenplay categories, which is thrilling. And Women Talking won an Oscar. It's an Oscar winner. We did it, Joe. We did it. Um, one of the best speeches of the night, too. I have to say. Loved yeah, I was crying and I had to rewatch it because I was like, I don't remember anything she said. And it's just, she's so inspiring on so many levels. And just like her commitment to like 
not only like her being a mom, but like allowing all the women on her set and the men like to go home at the end of each day to like be with their parents or their kids and like having kids on set. It's just so inspiring. And I love when she was trying to get everyone from the movie to stand up and Rooney Mara didn't want to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. Um, and like the giant um, Frances McDormand behind her, Scarface. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, really funny. Um, but Daniel Kwan is the first Asian American to win in Best Director and um, is the first time that a writer of Chinese descent took home these original screenplay categories. So that's really exciting. I really think that Daniel Kwan should uh, speak more. I think he gives great speeches. And I didn't realize until um, they won original screenplay what his blazer was. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. uh, the cardigan and everything everywhere. And I loved that so much. Um. But I love all of these wins. I think they were great. And at first it felt weird because um everything everywhere went like an hour without winning everything without winning anything. And I was like, what's going on? But it was just because like the way the categories were spread out, it was like categories that everything everywhere was like either not nominated in or like not anticipated to win. So it just mm-hmm. felt so long. But does anybody have anything they want to say about the screenplay categories or no. Director. I mean, pretty, I, pretty perfect. I would have <laughs> loved for this to have been a place that we could have seen a little bit more, like, spreading the wealth. Like, I would have loved, obviously, to, like, have seen Banshees get um, original screenplay and, and have another film get, you know, recognized because, like, we've said, we had so many, um, or, or Todd Field, yeah, um, but we had so many Best Picture nominees not get anything. Um, but that's why I was so happy to see Women Talking get Best Adapted. Best Adapted was also fun because I think that, especially by that point in the broadcast, we all knew it was either going to be All Quiet or Women Talking. So we knew there was going to be a female winner, which was super exciting. Um, but I, I do think that like, those are the screenplay winners are, are winners that fully deserved it. We didn't have to see Top Gun Maverick get a screenplay award. Um, and I thought that Sarah Polly's speech was amazing. I also don't know if anyone caught her on the red carpet where they were like, why are you wearing a suit? Like, what's what's the choice oh, yeah, here? And she I was like, I, I don't want to be cold and I don't want my feet to hurt. Like, it was uh, I also really love um, her, Dolly DeLeon, and uh, Paul Mescal all kind of matched. And I thought that was oh, yeah. really <laughs> funny. Like Super cute. Dolly DeLeon also um, had these amazing gloves on and I was like very into her look um but yeah I was really I was so relieved it was women talking I just couldn't handle one like I liked like four movies and at that point I realized that like none of them were winning anything and that was my last hope so I was like please all my faith was in Sarah Polly in the academy which was a scary scary place to be I like the directing when um because I think that movie is a very director's directing forward movie and Mm I I love the best directing stat from the 2010 to now of like only two uh, or I now three Americans have won that award and the rest are international um director so the Daniels joined Damien Giselle in this rare feat which is cute I do love that that's a really cool stat um, does anybody else have anything to say about these? Um, so moving on to 
animated and documentary. Um, so Jacob, do you want to sing Chow Papa or? I I don't know if I could hit that uh, note, but. It's not really um, like a know. note. It's like Chow Papa. Yeah, there's no note. It's, it's sung by a child. Um, I will say <laughs> with the animated, do we think that they just came up and told Guillermo and was like, hey, come with us or or what? Because he was right up. I feel like they put him way too far back and they were like, they kind of knew, but then I I feel like they knew he was gonna take a long time to get to the stage. So they were like, Can you just be ready? Did they see all the animated people back there? I didn't know where anyone any of the other animated people were. I think were. so, yeah. He was like really far back. Like yeah. I was like, why did they place him? It reminded me when they put Christopher Nolan in the back for Dunkirk. Well, and I, I was like, he like Guillermo del Toro is not going to be able to get up on that stage in like five seconds, give the speech. And so like, I think it was the first up. speech of the night. Like you don't want them taking so long to get to the stage. Like it's always like when like the... when they don't put all the nominees like in the first two rows. So you're wondering why Michael B. Jordan was in front of Michelle Williams because I was. I was very confused. Like, yeah. Why Steven Spielberg was in front of them, of the Fablemans. Well, in front of his family. <laughs> he had to um, show his mom who's really winning tonight. But uh, well, where was Sammy sitting? Where was he? I don't know where he was. Um, He in the winner's circle. <laughs> you know, if he was in the, in the Raptors, I would have been fine. He, he had was a camera. Sure. He was shooting it. He was waiting for Brendan Fraser to levitate. <laughs> they should have stood up there with the Top Gun it. people so we could see him easily. They should have gotten David Lynch. I feel like that would have been good. I don't they know if he would have been great. Um, but presenter, like, he should have came in Um. So, did anybody expect anything different with the animated feature? Our only sweeper, right? Yeah. I would just like yeah. to say. Yesterday morning, I went to the Museum of Modern Art, and I finally went to the Pinocchio exhibit they have there because um, I wanted to go in December, and I couldn't. Um, And I went up to the little Pinocchio puppet they had, and I said, Mr. Pinocchio, this is an honor, first of all. Um, And then I said, um, preemptive congratulations. And after I said that, and I said that out loud, and people around me were like, after I said that, I was like, what if it was like and it goes to turning red just because i said that like just because i told pinocchio he was gonna win well, um that's kind of like um jacob here yeah i'm getting like i'm definitely guy, people are, are looking at it today i also i bought a tote bag at moma and oh josh groban <laughs> Um, so Josh Groban's my background. You can't see my tote bag, but it says life is such a beautiful gift. What happens happens and then we are gone. And it like, like you want to no- cry all the time. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow. Yeah, I want my new tote. It brings me to tears. <laughs> I want a pretentious MoMA tote bag. And I was like, what a better thing to buy on Oscar Sunday. Truly. Is that from the movie? Yeah, it's from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, it's the last one. It, it says to bash. Obviously, I'm a fake fan. Hot cricket, hot cricket, hot cricket. They had the hot cricket, and I said hello. 
I'm so jealous. I was didn't talk home. back. He's not I haven't gotten to jail. Did you give him my number? Um, he didn't take him to the yeah. Oscars? <laughs> he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't talk Wait, back. He should have been at the Oscars. Why wasn't he invited? Where was he? You know what scene they had? Where was Candlewick? Um, Why wasn't he okay, invited? So Candlewick was there. But you know what scene they had? Like, So they had, it actually was a really cool exhibit because they had like literally like chunks of the set pieces like there so cool. up close. It was really cool to see. And it's so weird how like, small but large everything is like it's just it's like i wasn't expecting pinocchio this is gonna sound weird i wasn't expecting pinocchio to be as tall as he was because on screen he just looks so small but like it's pretty it's a pretty tall puppet but you know what they had full-on display is that one with mussolini and my friend hadn't seen it yet i was like hey what the poop no um But I like turned to my friend. And I was like, "Do you know who that's supposed to be?" And she was like, "No," because she hadn't seen it yet. I was like, "Mussolini," and she was like, "Okay." She's like, "I thought this was uh, Pinocchio." I was like, "It is." So, <laughs> um, so documentary feature went to Navani. I'm really upset. Okay, can I just it's say now? that when they announced that they were not going to let the president of Ukraine speak. I thought, well, fire and love, fire of love has it in the bag then. I and then I was wrong. I just think it's so funny. I was listening to someone talk about it today, and they were like running in circles, kind of trying to like talk about why it was powerful. And I'm like, House Municipal Journal was right there. Right there. That was a great uh, documentary. If you haven't seen a House Made of Splinters, I think it's on HBO Max. It's a great one. Yeah, I just um I'm I'm over the like it's so weird to go from um uh Summer of Soul to this because Summer of Soul was so like it's kind of like a documentary that I feel like everybody will like appreciate whereas these wins that feel very like of the moment are going to kind of like age poorly over time because you get out of the moment and you like I don't know, it's kind of like when they make something too quickly and it's not like it doesn't see the bigger picture I guess um I just feel like Navalny feels very like one-sided <laughs> um and just like you've one source and I don't I don't know I don't know yeah that's um, doc- like documentaries about people are so hard and like rewarding it because like you don't know what information is going to yeah you know and there's already like stuff about him that's like obviously it's not in the documentary that is just like it's such a weird win that what documentarian is watching that and is like okay now I feel inspired to go that was kind of one I am surprised it even got nominated and I should have known that it getting nominated was means it was going to win but I kind of was like blinded to Fire of Love because I felt the same way but Fire of Love is a good documentary um but just pour one out for All Quiet or All Quiet All the Beauty and the Bloodshed because um what a film what a film um but speaking of All Quiet it won international feature over my beloved EO and Jillian's beloved close <laughs> they were there. They were there. Says my beloved, the quiet girl. I really liked the quiet girl. The close um, people. beloved, the quiet girl. Uh, Sorry, y'all. From close, were there. Now they're really old. Did you see their um, snacks they packed? They had Twix bars and Pop Tarts. I was like, I want to sit with them. Like I roasted them all year, and I want to sit with them. 
Um, too bad for them because favorite. All Quiet was a little too loud for the quiet girl and close. <laughs> I like that we had the quiet girl should have maybe been a, a little, little louder. Should have been a little louder. <laughs> she could have been the loud girl. Um, I really loved um that uh they said Edward Berger's name when the yeah. win was one because that was very no they Ooh. never do that no. um because they're not supposed to because he did not win an oscar um but i love that he used the moment to highlight the actors especially felix mm-hmm. it was so sweet and i loved that he brought them up there because it's like like they always it's always just like the director and it's like yes that obviously should be because that's who should get the oscar but yeah. um I, I think that, like, because it's not their win, it's so nice to see them honor, like, the other people in the movie, the, like, behind the scenes or in front of. Because um, he also shouted out James Friend for the cinematography. And I just felt like it was so nice. Like, it was such a nice use of a speech. Um, yeah. Especially because, like, it's not his Oscar. So it was like he was using the moment to, like, highlight everything that went into the movie. It also but- definitely felt like he was doing what he, like, should do with that time which is to highlight you know these rising stars in german cinema like uh felix and you know to highlight some of these people who worked on the movie who've been working in german cinema for a long time because even to make that jump from like german cinema to sort of more mainstream american and english film is still not easy necessarily and i know that like that's one of the great things that will come out of the wins for all quiet is that a lot of these people are already gonna you know are already booking projects and are gonna get a lot more funding and stuff put towards their work um and get to work on cool things of the future which is super exciting so i really like that he you know took that time to to recognize those people and i'm so excited to see like what felix does next because coming from being known as like a comedic theater actor to doing this film um i truly believe that that man can do anything and i'm excited to see where he goes yeah i can't wait um here at oscar central we nominated him for best lead actor because we he kind of was too scared to do it um but we but I, he just looked so overwhelmed with joy and i was like i want to put felix in my pocket and take him everywhere um same but that kind of i don't remember the order of the awards but leading into the text all quiet continued i mean it won cinematography it won um original score which is questionable still and then it was probably the most shocking win of the night production design it did not win one thing in this category the entire season apparently the voters love the same thing that i do which is trenches um I felt like the Babylon army was in the trenches. Like, we already didn't get a Best Picture nomination. We lost original score to something that should have been disqualified. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm sorry. If we're talking about adapted scores, we gotta acknowledge that Babylon um, also sounds like... the same source material. The Uh same composer. Uh Yeah, it's the same composer. He explained it. He didn't. It is a little different. (laughs) I was going to say it's a little different if this composer is like, oh, this is my signature thing, versus like Sean Kingston. (laughs) Also, just saying, when Jillian and I saw Justin Horowitz at a Q and A, like what was it, two weeks ago, a week ago, um, he brought up that he names all. He always has a track named after Herman. Because it was his grandfather who taught him about music and got him interested in music. And I think that That's is really so cute. sweet. 
And I was like, Justin Horowitz, I'm going to put you in my other pocket. You and Felix. <laughs> Listen, um, give me a minute and I will find where in the All Quiet score they sample Beautiful Girls by Sean Kingston. <laughs> I, I'm going to make some things tonight. I'm going to work. All Quiet is Team Haley Bieber because they also sampled Edie Meanie by Sean Kingston. Stop. Do not slander my film. Thank you. Um, getting a little too loud on this a little too loud a little too loud on this front um this this western front could take it down about three notches (laughs) (laughs) but sending us a health warning because it's too loud we're gonna have to shut this western front down (laughs) (laughs) it's all quiet you don't have to go home on this western front but you can't stay here you know what? If we came up with these during the season, I bet you it could have won Best Picture. I'm going to do this all it. night now. This is literally the only thing could I could have think done of it. it. Uh, um, Brendan Fraser levitating in ways to say the Western Front's being too loud. Um, But Lex kind of already talked about it, but um, Ruthie Carter with her history-making win, I think was another shocking win because she lost at CDG and it just felt like Catherine Martin was going to win and if she wasn't it kind of felt like everything everywhere could have won there just because it won over Black Panther Wakanda Forever at um CDG in the fantasy category so I feel like her winning was really surprising um I think it kind of just shows that this category was so strong that they knew some of the people they didn't know some of the people and they ended up just going with like what they thought was the best and honestly probably the most unique other than everything everywhere because I feel like she had two different kind of sets of um costumes to make and then had the collab with Adidas on top of it so it was like very versatile um work especially like I do feel like it was really different from the first one um just because of like the second like world Mm -hmm. um but I thought that was like a really exciting unexpected win and I did not realize how amazing her outfit was until this morning because I saw like the full like the shoes and everything and obviously her outfit was amazing but I was like whoa I was just so distracted I did not expect her to win did anybody think that she was gonna win over Catherine Martin who um broke her own stat so basically if she's nominated in one category she doesn't win if she's nominated in two categories, she wins both. If she is nominated three times, she doesn't win. So for future Bos Lerman projects where Catherine Martin is nominated, these are the patterns that we must look out for. Um, but does anybody... Oh, so the shorts. I just wanted to bring up um, the Irish goodbye speech was probably my favorite moment of the entire night. Um, it was so pure, and it, I'm really glad that everybody happy birthday. Yes, it was so cute. I and I'm really glad everybody participated. Like it was so sweet, and I just really loved it, and it meant a lot to me. Also, um, Pedro Pascal saying "My Year of Dicks." I had a moment where I was like the 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 alternating was off, and I was like, "Holy shit!" It's just gonna be Elizabeth Olsen saying "My Year of Dicks," but we did it. We did it. We got complimentary Riz Ahmed and Pedro Pascal saying my year of dicks. Beautiful work on everyone's behalf. Also should have won. Yeah. 
because the, the, boy, the boy fox the mole, small horse the, fox, the whole smallpox um is so bad it is so bad yeah the golden tree and the tree in the ground and the green grass grows all around that's, that's better than that. the dialogue from the movie it is it's literally a hallmark card being read yeah. like i know it's for children i just do not care it's so bad there are things for children that are not that bad it reminds like me of, like um if you go to the dollar tree they have like rip of like popular animated films and it just when you look at it it just like looks like one of those it's so infuriating and that winning just also me that like they don't watch these yeah they definitely don't they just go off of it's not even like a cool name i'm sorry it's too long also it makes no sense because at the end of the movie he doesn't go to the he doesn't go to the town he lives with these animals he's not going to survive there's no way um have you seen captain fantastic Oh my god! Captain- yeah, but that talk was about, other people. Talk about a great best actor. Yeah, that would have been such a good one if mm-hmm. he won. Um, but does anybody have anything to say about any of the other winners before we dive into some listener questions? No, I do have to apologize to everyone here and everyone around for Elvis because I was I very really confident think it was going to be a win. You're not sorry. <laughs> I in my yeah. article You're I said I'm very sorry. confident that Elvis. That's why I thought about Babylon, and it was not even a Best Picture nominee. And for some reason, I just had it in my like heart. I was like, "This is gonna win an Oscar," and it won nothing. And this entire day, people kept coming up to me. I'm so sorry about Tar. How are you holding up? As if it was like, as if I was the movie, <laughs> as if I made the movie. And I said, "We're moving on." <laughs> no, long live Tar and Elvis, but Jacob, you you're sing... in the same category as Sammy Fableman. You know, I no. do just want to say that Bradley Cooper has lost more Oscars than Elvis. Um, yeah, Jacob, yeah, saying like, oh, I was so confident. Like, okay, were you as confident as the time you bet on those horses? <laughs> Yeah, see, this that's my thing. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about no, Nicole wasn't there for that? And I was like explaining it to her. I was like, never mind, just listen to it. it I, like, I went back and listened. I was like, I gotta know. <laughs> this is the funniest story I've ever heard. Th- again, that is a um George Costanza in it real really life. Is. My neighbors <laughs> saw me laughing out loud at that story. But what I've um, learned, and I can't remember what else has happened on this podcast where I feel I'm having some deja vu right now because I feel like I have said a couple times, Jacob, I will never invest money in anything that you bet on. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> the first time you said that was before the Golden Globes, and I did really well. Okay, okay did you do very well? But the, the Globes don't matter clearly. And... Roll the production. Roll <laughs> the tape. <laughs> who said it on twitter who am i citing somebody was like it feels like i mean it feels like everyone got their like due at like their distinguished award shows like triangle of sadness at the european awards like elvis and um tar at bafta like golden glows was literally the steven spielberg show like you know like it seemed like people got their recognition at the time where it made sense for them and like the targeted audience like I think tar plays better internationally than it does domestically and like the silence the silence in that room every time a clip 
for that movie came on and I was like are they trying to listen to like what they're saying or the music <laughs> I don't I wish someone could whoever's in that room if you're listening if you're a listener you were sitting there like tell us what happened because I was so <laughs> perplexed like how do you nominate something for six things when it's very obvious that the people in that room did not like it so I'm like this is definitely an international pick weirdly but I think it's like every movie had kind of like it's audience it catered to and I think that's what's like specials that there was something for everyone and there was an award show or like a group like again like Tar played really well to critics and you know some movies are not made to win Oscars but we will always remember Austin Butler and his accent forever because people will not let it go and are using that against him and Lydia Tar announced her eulogy today so it's like Honestly, I don't think it's a coincidence that two films, uh, Elvis and Tar, that call out a lot of the um, bad things that happen in these industries didn't get awarded. Like, and I, I don't, I feel like that sounds more accusational than I even mean it, but I don't know that the messages of either of those movies are something that, like, people in the Academy are super open to hearing, especially Tar. So... You know, I think the fact that it got the nominations regardless is is still great for it. And I also think especially like Tar is one of those movies that I have no doubt will have a fantastic legacy and like will still be watched in 20 years, even if it didn't win any Oscars. Um, But speaking of awards that have bad legacies, as I alluded to earlier, I got to talk about it. Um, Best makeup and hairstyling. First of all, what hairstyling? Second of all, um... I think it's the worst award of the night. I think it's the one that will age the worst out of everything. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we have three nominees from this past year in that category that feature fat suits. Um, one of those I, I think is totally justified because I think that like the f- well, one of them is the fat suit in Elvis used on Austin Butler. I think is a to- totally like, and it's not genuinely for, like, good disturbing use. Like it's used like in like a. Like at the very right. end, and like well, not... and I think that like if you're gonna use a fat suit because you need an you need a character to be heavier at one certain point of your film than another, and you don't want to ask them to lose like a large amount of weight, I don't think asking actors to lose or gain large amounts of weight is a good idea. Um, because they've literally like we know that's not good on their bodies. Um, I think that's like a totally legitimate use. The work on tom hanks and elvis is a little more sus um the work on colin farrell even in the batman is like not the greatest but nothing is as bad as the whale um and the fact that like for those other nominees that they had won even with fat suits involved like elvis and the batman there was a lot of makeup and hairstyling going on in those films the batman um, was really smoky eye right and everything that they did on zoe kravitz and like honestly yeah. making paul dano look like that um but for the whale to win when literally the only hair and makeup in it beyond like what you know people do normally on themselves is the fat suit work on brendan fraser and all the work on him to make him look grotesque um really rubs me the wrong way i think it's a really big step back um i think that it will age poorly i think it's offensive (laughs) like I just whenever they won that and then they got up there and were like all right time to stop lying and telling you that he's not just the whale 
Um, I was like, oh, we're really going here, are we? Um, so yeah, I, that, that is the award out of all of them, you know, like, obviously I would have loved to have seen Angela Bassett, let Angela Bassett win, um, Best Supporting Actress. I would have loved to have seen Austin or Paul or Bill or Colin get Best Actor, but, um, this is the place that the whale, I think, is, like, the most offensive to have won, and I think we should call it out, because I hope that this is, you know, a pattern that, like, we can break within the Academy eventually, and that they will stop rewarding this kind of thing eventually. But apparently it's not yet. I also just think, like, it's so frustrating when this category goes to, like, singular work versus, like, movies that do work on, like, five characters plus a million extras. Like, obviously this movie was made during, like, the height of COVID and the pandemic. But, like, it's just, like, there were so many nominees that did so much work. And it's just a little frustrating that it's, like, once again, like, lead actor makeup. Like, obviously Elvis would have been the same thing. But Elvis was a little different because there were so many extras and Priscilla and Tom Hayes. Like, it was, like, a lot more. But I do agree. Like, I really want us to move on from Fat Suit. Um, But does anybody else have anything else to add before we move on to listener questions? I watched all like the makeup stuff that they did recently. They did um a day at the Academy Museum with the nominees, and it was like that's always like heartbreaking when you because they had everything on like display and like the videos and stuff, and it was like that one was just like watching them put it on him to get him into character. He was just everything about that movie was so unnecessary. Like I think they could have rewritten it where he didn't need to be that big like it's not a true story like no one is gonna fact check you from the text like that's the part where it's like in putting this into realization where it's like it was literally just him like sadie sinks greasy hair like hong chow's bare face like what were we doing there compared to like the all quiet team who was like doing all of those poor people yeah for like all that mud all that research like i would i would hate it if i like lost to that like I get that there was a lot of work to like put that together but like I don't know I also don't think it's as impressive as everybody let on once I finally saw it because I saw it so late after people seeing it and I feel like people were like it's the most impressive makeup work I've ever seen and then I feel like it was a little no like in certain areas like in certain scenes it was not very believable um I don't know I'm just it's like once again, it won in two places in both times. It was my fifth nominee ranked. Like I just, but I will say I wanted to die when it won makeup because I knew what was coming and I was just so upset the rest of the night. Um, uh, Jacob, Lex, do you have anything to add before we move on? I, I wanted to quickly, because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talk about how All Quiet isn't a worthy cinematography winner and i'm just like are you insane um because that movie is absolutely gorgeous and in re-watching it the other day it just really highlights kind of how special that um the work is for the cinematography on that and finally not to not to winning original song can be one of the coolest categories every year if you don't just pick in credits songs and you pick stuff that actually is fun and takes place within the movie and 
Natu Natu winning and that whole performance and them getting up there dancing and it just that was a great winner. I was kind of let down by the performance. I feel like it didn't really translate that well to the screen after seeing it in a theater. It just kind of felt like a little anticlimactic. But I think that's like part of like translating that to a live performance because there's so many takes sliced together in RRR to make it seem so much more all-encompassing. But I am really glad that it was nominated so we got the performance and then that I won because like I've been saying for years they should ban and credit songs and it has to be a movie integral to the plot because what are we doing? The best winners like Not Too Not Too and Shallow like they're part of the plot and if you're gonna do a song that's not in the plot at least be like um snubbed young and beautiful where it is written so much about the movie and it like is becomes identifiable from the movie mm-hmm. like my arch enemy the weekend earned it would have been a great original song winner yes an uncredit song but like that movie like they were so linked the movie and the song mm-hmm. um but yeah, not too, not too, one of the best winners of the night. Um, so just to like transition to our listener questions, um, Brian from Film Fragments, who just had his birthday yesterday, so or recording today, yesterday. Uh, so happy late birthday. He asked, which prediction are we all most proud of? Jacob, is Jake it that Elvis Curtis. went home? empty-handed is that i your... did in the in the article i did say it could go home with zero i didn't think it was going to happen because i also said it's going to win something but i guess i did say that it could go home with zero um which i'm yeah very proud of and i i'm cutting you off partially because i feel like you might agree i'm very proud of sticking with all quiet and score because mm. i had a feeling and I almost changed at the last minute and then I didn't. So, yeah, I have to say for all everyone listening, um, a lot of people got onto All Quiet around the same time. But Nicole from that first tiff was like, <laughs> was like, oh, if this was like any other film, it would be winning every Oscar. But I know it's not going to. So she was on it like from day one. Jillian, I know me and you are very proud of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. A lot of people changed to Jamie Lee Curtis after mm-hmm. predictions went out, but Jillian and I put it pen to paper on the intranet and we're like, this is happening. It just felt it. It was one where that sag speech and then connecting, because everyone's like making fun of her. And I was like, she went from my five to my one and then it happened and I wrote and was like freaking out. I was like, I had this. He called literally, it. literally. Uh, Lex, do you have any prediction that you're very proud of? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ones I would have been proud of didn't win. I mean, I did predict Michelle Yeoh, um, <clears throat> but I can't even like really be too excited about that because like it's not like that was an all guts no glory i feel like that literally was it could have gone 50 50 um and yeah yeah no just you know lowly old elvis stand me don't mind me didn't lowly old angela bassett stand me it's fine i yeah i'm really proud of the jamie curtis call and uh 
I don't think anything. I, I don't think I did anything. Somebody asked me what, what um when I was the most happy about today, and I couldn't remember any of them. Yeah, I I guess women talking. Yeah, women talking. Um, so Eric Anderson from Awards Watch wants to know um what was everyone's biggest snub of the night, and who is your favorite person at Awards Watch? Angela Bassett was the biggest snub. I have no opinions on Awards Watch. <laughs> Lex. Nicole, I think that's how my best friend just broke up our friendship. Um, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Nicole's my favorite out of all time. Nicole, don't take that personally, please. Don't take that personally. My brain just sur- short circuited, and I was only thinking about Angela Bassett. It's getting a little too loud here on the front. Um, on the Lex front. I'm gonna let everyone else answer and see how they do. Uh, um my biggest snub I mean I knew that Todd Field wasn't going to win actually Mandy Walker Mandy Walker DP when are we gonna let women win that category it was women's history month and the ASC some of these skills lied to us the CDG and the ASC lied to us and the ADG and seeing like this moment that was so perfect for her to win and like it was from that moment that I was like oh Elvis is like done so it was that because I felt like that was the most likely because I knew Todd wasn't gonna win and he was there with his son and I was like that was the win him sharing this moment with his son that looks identical to him with their glasses um but the Mandy Walker thing like hurt so bad especially I work in like with cinematographers and it's like there really are very few women DPs that are like working on such big budget movies and like what her win would have meant for the industry and what she works in and like it would have meant so much like I'm happy for James friend but like Mandy Walker I just think that like it's not even just that she would have been the first woman to win, given she's the only the third woman to be nominated in this category. It's that, like she came so close that it's so frustrating. Like, what yeah. does a woman have to do? Like, literally, they're like, here you go. You're a part of the boys club. And then they're like, the big night. Just kidding. It's not you. Very frustrating. Jacob, what's your biggest snub of the night? Um, oh, sorry, wait, Jillian, what's your answer to the second part of that question? <laughs> awards watch yeah who's I your favorite remember. member of awards watch who's your favorite member Jillian I feel like I don't keep up with it that much to like know I just Jillian know there's an easy there. answer here <laughs> you're like no I'll fix this thank you Jacob come on <laughs> someone give me this I pass this to Jacob <laughs> well my my biggest snub was probably no it was definitely all quiet not winning for sound because if five films weren't going to go home without a win, one Why of them should Top, Top Gun, Gun Maverick. Maverick. Um, planes go, planes go, brr and vroom and whatever else they do. Okay, I don't you know. Can't steal all my jokes. I say like one I literally will. Thing. If my parents you? are listening to this, I'm sorry that I said motherfucking. Um, I say one motherfucking thing, and you and Adriana last week bring that up, and I'm like, oh, these bitches are mocking me, and now here you are again. Doing it again. Well, guess what? I did oh, not okay. even. You know what? I go room, and I'm suing you for copyright infringement. <laughs> someone needs to. Someone needs to turn down the Lex front. 
<laughs> too loud on the Lex front. I have been calling Ford vs. Ferrari Vroom Vroom yes. since it came out. And Jacob steals that. He steals my Don Draper joke. Has never okay, seen Let Don him Draper. say his second <laughs> answer. I need this tonight. <laughs> I do, I do Jacob, like the sound in Top Gun though, so I'm not like mad about it because it was like that's what made the theater experience was like i'm mad about top gun winning um sound but for reasons completely unrelated to the film because we don't support scientology here we don't support scientology and we don't support twitter bullies have a good night and they put them in the rafters frankly they were waiting for the thing for me is that i don't think the sound design in top gun is any better than the sound design devotion um so like were they just like wow planes um that's what they said about cars so yeah the next movie better be about trains sorry (laughs) (laughs) but anyways back to jacob yeah jacob what's your (laughs) so my my favorite awards watch member is definitely uh dan bayer's friend nicole Okay. That was so brutal. That was no. Honestly, I I would have taken that. (laughs) Thank you. No, of course, Nicole. (laughs) uh, She is the first of my friends that I've seen have a trailer spot in a theater. So I have to shout out Nicole. I'm trying so hard to get a poster for you. I promise you. I'm like begging theaters. um, My God. And I will tomorrow as well. So I will do everything that I can to try to get one for you. Also, y'all, I had to get that excited about All Quiet, speaking of trailer spots, uh, winning awards because it was my first big trailer spot. So, yeah. Kenzie, what's your big sum? Um, Babylon, the original score is going to haunt me until I die. Um, I do, I tweeted this, but I have decided that I'm not going to cry about um, the fifth best performance in lead actor winning. Um, because if I like a lead actor performance, it does not win. Um, so I should have known. Um, every year, I think lead actor is the worst category. And somehow this year, I liked four out of five. So I should have just known. (laughs) Even with four, it's like when Jacob bet on horses. Like, even though I had the most options, of course, it went south. (laughs) Um, but no, every lead actor, I like fall in love with the performance it always loses so i'm really sorry for next year um no don't you can't you can't like um bradley or killian you're not allowed yeah i have to i'm not even gonna see the movies at this point um um, if i like a movie if i like a best picture nominee it's not i've learned it's not winning so i we can't watch any of these well, that that theory doesn't even work because we loved Babylon and it left empty-handed. We can't um, watch anything. We can't. We yeah. have to get into business. We can only watch John Wick movies. Um, <laughs> we're gonna be we're going to see John Wick. By the way, audience, we're so excited. Yes, can't wait. Bill Skarsgård representation. That's gonna be the best picture winner next year. John Wick. We're calling. <laughs> oh, like calling John Wick is gonna sweep the Oscars. <laughs> um. You know, yeah, I think Babylon original score, and I really do think the production design in Elvis, I think it was probably number three in the category at this point. Um, But I think like recreating so many iconic American sceneries in Australia in the height of the pandemic 
because I do think a lot of people forget that, that movie was shot entirely in the first few months of the pandemic and then shut down and then whatever um and my favorite awards watch member this is so tough no it's nicole ackman what are we okay, doing thank here? you thank like, you what are we doing <laughs> but also shout out to josh parm for continuing his best actress streak yep mm-hmm. Um, okay, my biggest shout out to Josh Groban. I was gonna be like, Amen. <laughs> my <laughs> my biggest favorite snub... snub was Josh Groban not getting a Oscar for his role in Crazy Stupid Love. That's literally there the only go. role that I can think of that Josh Groban was when in. they're drunk and he's like, We are going to make you a part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to know the most embarrassing thing that's ever occurred? Um so he you're celebrating her your favorite <laughs> i mean okay yeah do you want to know the second most embarrassing thing that happened they're celebrating that emma stone has passed the bar and when i was studying for the bar i watched that scene before it cuts off of when he makes her a partner and i was like this is gonna be josh groban to you when you pass a stupid test but, okay, would you have liked preferred to be made a partner post josh groban's firm sure <laughs> or would you have preferred a marriage proposal? If would you I... rather be a partner or his partner? Well, yeah. no. If um, I <laughs> if I was there, I would have done two birds of one stone. Um, like Emma Stone. Yeah, uh, I would have been the superior stone. Yes, um, Nicole. Okay, my biggest snub, other than my my two biggest ones, were already mentioned, which is um. All Quiet not getting sound and Angela Bassett not getting supporting actress, which I really wanted to see happen. Oh, um shout out to um Stephanie Shu and supporting actress, one of my favorite supporting actress nominees in the last like yes. five years. Um just wanted to say that. Sorry. I honestly just supporting actress in general was very disappointing for me because I would have been happy with Stephanie or Angela Bassett or Carrie Condon. Um and my other big snub, honestly, is Banshee's coming home empty-handed um, because I think that, like, as someone who loves McDonough's comedic work and, like, that style of comedy really works for me, it feels like that's the most, like, McDonough project he could ever possibly make and for it to go home empty-handed with four acting nominations um, is is kind of sad. So sorry to the country of Ireland, um, but my heart is with you always. And my favorite awards watch member, sorry, I love you to my wonderful editors, but it's my pseudo older brother, Dan Bear. I love how he made a film about America and they said no. And then he said, well, I'll make a film about what I know. And they still said, no, we don't want either of them. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Pretty much. Maybe his next movie will be about um, his partner in life. Um, Maybe he'll go back to the theater. Let's make that happen, Martin. Let's, let's chat. Um, Give us four billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> four billboards outside Banshees of Inishu. Four billboards outside Cork, Ireland. You know four how- billboards outside of Banshee and Bruges. You know how- um, With seven Adam psychopaths. Adam Sandler said he would make the worst movie ever if he's not nominated. That's what Martin McDonough's gonna do. <laughs> and then honestly, I want for Martin McDonough to give me like the backstory of Jenny the Donkey. Like it's gonna film cut entirely off about her up until Banshee. <laughs> Wait, do you think Martin that's why the Academy headquarters were closed? Martin McDonough no. cut off his fingers and threw <laughs> He said, 
<laughs> if you don't give me this award that I've been wanting since I won in 2006, I'm going to cut off my fingers and I'm going to mail them to you. The That's Academy is like, are we rowing? <laughs> so good. Are we rowing? That's um, right alone. Academy Award. Um, Scott Cole asked if Stephanie Hsu had been the only supporting actress nominee from Everything Everywhere, would she have had a stronger chance to win since they appeared to just be checking everything everywhere? Maybe. I think yeah. so. I think if Jamie Lee um, campaigned for the three of them while she mm-hmm. was stopped, then potentially, I think she needed to be, I think she needed to be in the equation for something to happen. And I think, I- like, if she won SAG or something, she could have, like, made it happen. I think if she had a televised speech. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, I have a, actually, I have a follow-up question that I'm wondering with you guys. Uh, do you think if Key had been in lead actor instead of supporting, we could have got James Hong into supporting actor? Oh, a thousand percent. I thought I that think so. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in that case, then I'm not I don't sure think if I think he would have won. won. I think Barry Keoghan might have won. Barry? Is he... Is he supposed to be lead? Because I feel like when they wrote it with Michelle and Jackie, it seemed like they were co-leads. And then when they flipped yeah. it. I think maybe they he like centered tell. it more around Michelle's mm-hmm. character. Yeah. That I was can't... like, because I do think that like it kind of, from what I've heard, it like shifted from being like about a marriage to being about, about her. Like, yeah. yeah, her character, which like makes more sense that he would be like, supporting her arc Mm -hmm. i can i mean if they put michelle and lead uh michelle williams and lead i they could have argued key and lead yeah i do think they could have argued it but i'm so glad they left him there and he just like almost swept and won um someone asked us does the academy swing back more traditionally next year with well-known filmmakers like scorsese nolan and mcqueen or will everything everywhere inspire them to look into more fresh faces behind the camera it's Gerwig's year so we're going somewhere down the middle she <laughs> <laughs> would be a fresh face because they don't give her anything McQueen oh. would be an amazing winner um I would get behind that campaign um there's just like some like traditional filmmakers that like when they are like and I think you see it this year like Steven Spielberg wasn't going to win, but when you pair up like the traditional filmmakers when they come back in the ring with like, and I think 2021 was a great example of when you had Emerald, Chloe, David Fincher, um, but who else was in that lineup? Lee and Winterberg. Yeah. It's like that would have been so weird if like David Fincher won. Cause it's like, it feels like their time has passed when they're like up in the conversation because like it feels like we keep progressing with movies and like when they, they take such long breaks to come back where it's like these people, like they're much more like, I don't know, there feels like a short amount of time to like get their movies made. Um, That I think it just depends like what that mixture is. If it's all traditional, like when we had in 2018, when you had Nolan, like Del Toro, even like Greta, like that, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, like that lineup, like it was like, okay. I think it's like, they all have to be like, all traditional people or all like more 
artsy but like when you mix them together I feel like the artsy people knock out the traditional directors because it's kind of feels like outdated you're like how am I going to give an award to like March and Scorsese in the same category as like I don't know the Daniels like it just feels I had a panic attack that the um Color of the Flower Moon didn't come out this year and it was like another year where it was in everyone's early prediction pieces and then it didn't come out again and then it was like next year it was back in the early (laughs) but I do wonder like I feel like the family thing is so funny with best picture that I'm like well what happens next year like because I feel like now I'm like looking at that like movies about families because it's like Mm -hmm. Parasite essentially Coda and like well Nomadland it's about like a finding your own family kind of you know like Mm -hmm. The family you make along the way. Um, People are amazing. (laughs) People are amazing. Oh my god, I'm going to kill myself. Um, But I will be really excited to see, like, what... Because I do feel like this year was kind of, like, what you were saying, where it's, like, people we know, and then, like, the people we didn't really... Like, that were, like, new to the Oscar conversation kind of, like, rose above it. But I will just say I never thought in my life when I watched this Army Man that they would win Best Director for their next movie. Yeah. yeah. I never in my life thought that. I think you might see more like festival people pop up, like obviously them, um, because I think like with social media and just like the democracy of the internet, like films can be watched and more accessible and like get movement. And like if these filmmakers are in tuned or voters um to like what's online like they can like platform that better or or, like reach and so I think that's where you could see more festival people and that fest I mean like festivals are really integral part to like starting so many careers but like I don't think they've had the proper um pathway from going from like starting a career to like an Oscar like it's like there's so much in between that that will happen for a filmmaker but I think we're gonna see like because I think in that class that the Daniels were in at Sundance or South by Southwest or something, mm-hmm. like two of the people in their group like have already won Oscars. Sundance so 2016. Yeah. So it's like it's I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that interweaving as like the old people like die off or like stop <laughs> making which that sounds bad. But it's like I think even like someone like Greta Gerwig, who it's like now she's no longer like she's not like the Daniels like she's been around you know she's very like well in tune to like how Hollywood like works and stuff and I think like for audiences that is hard to like align with now but like that works for the industry so I think we're gonna see a lot of different trends coming about of like what people cater to because even with director I don't think it goes in the same vein as like acting of like this is a career win directing award like it does not work in that capacity unless you're Martin Scorsese making um The Departed and it's your time like I don't think we're gonna see that again where it's like oh man because then it's like you would have got like a Todd Field or a Martin McDonough win or even like last year Paul Thomas Anderson like you would have got someone like that was overdue Mm -hmm. yeah um I'm excited to see you because I know it's not gonna be Bradley Charles Cooper Anyway, our last question is from Sammy Fableman himself. What could he have done differently? 
<laughs> Jacob, do you want to answer your own question or? Wait. Um, like, what could you... he have done differently? Sammy, in what context? Horizon in the lower third when you were <laughs> taking the perfectly framed shot of your mother having an affair. Like, what could have, like, the Fableman's winning? Like, Sammy Fableman's life? Like, more trains, Sammy, more trains. Honestly, more editing listen, scenes. Don't propose um, to your girlfriend at your high school prom. I'm not like anti Spielberg, and I want to get that out front before I say this. But like, if he had done a little bit less on the campaign trail of acting like an amicable divorce between his parents was the worst thing that's ever happened to someone, <laughs> particularly with the other narratives that we have going on this year of like people of color being held back in the industry and um someone getting you know blacklisted because of speaking aliens about sexual assault like things like that um maybe that wouldn't have rubbed people the wrong way because i'm positive a lot of people hearing him give those speeches and say those things um we're probably children of much worse divorces and we're probably like my i a, a few of my family members um said you know uh i'd like to show him what a traumatic divorce really looks like um <laughs> So maybe maybe be careful what narrative you try to push on people. Just saying. I just don't think you can win an Oscar with a love letter to cinema. I don't. I think we've had that proved against us in like mm-hmm. the last few years. Words like a love letter to cinema, but it's rip Empire of Light. It's around <laughs> your own life. Like I don't think that's how it works. It just feels out of place. Like Steven Spielberg felt out of place in an industry that he's like the president of no more love letters to cinema maybe stop with that love letters to trains i'd actually like to make an amendment to that um if greta gerwig or like sofia coppola wants to make their love letter to cinema i am here for it i'm ready um i i just i think i've seen enough from men i'd like to see some from women Um, i want to see like an interest so so who has an interesting life because none of these people it's like (laughs) very interesting arizona love letter to cinema Give me Steven Spielberg's Babylon. What is that? Sammy Fables. If Sammy Fableman did Babylon, that's what would win. Give me Sammy Fableman's. Give me Sammy Fableman's Everything Everywhere All at Once. Not Steven Spielberg. Sammy Fableman's. Sammy Fableman's yeah. Drive My Car, except it's Drive My Train. <laughs> bullet train <laughs> sammy sammy fableman's my policeman <laughs> sammy my train conductor top gun except it's all trains and we don't say planes go vroom we say trains go choo-choo sammy fableman's thomas the tank engine live action film that's what i wanted to see starring brian tyree henry as his character um, um actually no it's gonna star brendan fraser and the um <laughs> Makeup people are going to win for turning him into a train. Sammy oh Fableman makes a biographical picture about Heimlich Choo Choo Train at uh, Disneyland. Oh, RIP, RIP. RIP, Heimlich Choo Choo Train. I, I want to break forget. you so bad. And my parents said we're not waiting 40 minutes for the Heimlich Hashtag never train. forget. Hashtag never forget. The world has not been the same since then. Truly. Um... I'm really sorry for him. I just feel bad. He was traumatized by trains, like y'all said, and then didn't win any Oscars. Didn't he? Um, didn't didn't um someone call or Jimmy Kimmel call him out 
Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my friends whose parents went through traumatic divorces were very triggered by um, Jimmy Kimmel's comments, but not the Fablemans. I just. (laughs) 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 They went through divorces. Sammy Fableman's the only person to ever go through a divorce. Truly. Truly. I just like that he also ended up divorced. Um, before we sign off, if everyone wants to let everyone know where they can find you on the internet and also one 2024 Oscar prediction, Lex looks thrilled with this prompt. So I'm going to let Lex go first. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Okay. Well, easy part. You can find me on Twitter. I was about to say Facebook. Please don't go on my Facebook. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at @lexofilly underscore w i l l i underscore. My brain is broken. We just finished the flipping Oscars, my dudes. You got me thinking about twenty twenty four. Um, I'm gonna predict Barbie for costumes. That's nice. Th- that's good. That's really good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Jillian, okay. where can people find you online? And what is your one 2024 Oscar prediction? You can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter at Jillian Chili and TikTok at Offscreen with Jillian. And my one 2024 prediction... Mm, I feel like this one is like a given like uh, I would like to see Killian Murphy in Best Actor because just let him have an Oscar nomination I completely agree my Tommy Shelby let's um, continue the trend of hot men being nominated for Best Actor let's continue the trend of the Irish finally getting their reparations <laughs> just the trend of the Oscar Irish. nominations Josh Groban gets nominated in 2024 for a um, film pro- film production of Sweeney Todd that they release in theaters. Thank you. I was going to suggest that. Um, Jacob, where can the people find you, Sammy Fableman, online and your 2024 Oscar prediction? You can find me online at tberry57 on Twitter and uh, I almost said LinkedIn, um, Letterboxd. <laughs> And my one 2024 Oscar prediction is I'll go with um, one that I'm predicting Fantasia is going to win for the color purple and make it at two for two when it comes to American Idol winner or American Idol contestants getting Oscars. Clay Aiken? I'm just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> um, North Carolina boy, Clay Aiken. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina girl, Fantasia. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say Fantasia's a North Carolina girl. Her um kids went to my school, and one time she sat next to me at a school function, and her perfume. Oh, that is so cool. I attended a theater function uh last year here in North Carolina that Clay Aiken hosted. He was a very good host, better than Jimmy Kimmel. When will Catherine McPhee be nominated for an Oscar? That's the real question. Never, if Lex and I have anything to do with it. When Smash comes comes back. No. Sammy Fableman makes Smash a movie. I'm here for it, and I won't even fight Catherine McPhee getting an Oscar nomination. (laughs) Dead. 
I can't believe I made a joke about David Foster and nobody caught on. I caught on. Um, say it again. I, say it again. I said when her husband. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say when her husband buys her one or something. But... <laughs> Uh, no, I don't support David Foster on any level. Um, I only do when I listen to Josh Groban, which is a, like a real situational ethics problem. I only do when I watch season three of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I guess because <laughs> I just supporting do him hate, though because yeah, he's but not no, doing a great is, job on that season. <laughs> the thing is, I hate Yolanda, so I'm like, yeah, David, yeah. Um, I don't know how I made this whole thing about Real Housewives with my Jamie Lee stat, and then now this. Um, Nicole, she should have brought the wind chimes on the stage. She should have brought the wind chime. Where was Dorit? She was so invested in the wind chime. They were all at the Elton John party. They should have brought them front row. That should have been the front row at the Dolby Theater. Friggin' Austin Butler. Imagine Lisa Renna makes it to the Oscars, but not the next season. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I'm dead. Nicole, where can everyone okay. find you on the internet? And what is your 2024 Oscar prediction that must be right? All right. Um, so you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman16. Um, please, no more people in my mentions trying to tell me how great Rami Malik was in Bohemian Rhapsody. I need that to end. Uh and I, I'm gonna give two. One, I'm gonna say because I have to to be on brand. Um, I'm going to say, I think Saoirse Ronan's getting in for Blitz. Um, but my one that I actually think is right and not just me manifesting is that I think that my parents, um, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach are going to get a joint, um, screenplay nomination. I love My brain short-circuited when you said Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach and I was like, good for Sherry and Todd. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I also realized I have two sets of people I refer to as my parents. There's my parents who are together noah and greta and there's my divorce parents um sir kenneth and uh emma thompson so and nicole what when do you exercise situational ethics and kind of support david foster (laughs) i don't do i we went to the josh groban concert together and he brought up (laughs) david foster I you forgot about that. Ethically, and every time I turned to you and I said, ah, red flag, but it it's never stopped me. See, I was too busy being concerned about the fact that you were seeing God at that concert. I saw so. the face of God at the Josh Groban concert. Another story for another time, but I really did see the face of God at the Josh Groban <laughs> She really did. I love that. Um, but I do love uh, Sweeney Todd more than Josh Groban as a solo artist. Um, That's fair. <laughs> you can find me on the internet at kinsvenunu and letterboxd at kinsdoyle um next year is a very personal oscar year for me so i don't know what that means because everything i love never wins oscars um i have so many that are like my brand like sofia coppola emerald Fennell, hamaguchi fincher like michael mann yorgos lanthimos um Obviously, Bradley Charles Cooper in any of the four categories he's eligible in. I want him to be a 12, 13-time loser. But I'm going to go Natalie Portman in May-December just because Todd Haynes means a lot to me. And Natalie Portman is one of my favorite actors of all time. And I got a a race through my mind that she was in a Marvel movie. I I need her multiple Marvel movies. She's in the Thor movies. 
I know, but like she left them and then she went back and I'm like, what are you and doing? And then she awkward. died. And yeah, then she, you know, died. she wasn't a good Thor movie directed by my father, Kenneth Branagh. So um, I just. Before things went downhill for her. <laughs> I want more from her. And I also um, got a shout out, got a shout out Regina King and um, Shirley finally coming to fruition. I would love her to be a two-time Academy Award winner. Another film called Shirley. <laughs> Someone... I love the first Shirley. I love uh, the first Shirley. There's there's we... two already, I think, right? And this will be the I, third. I like the one with yeah. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. I just I need people to stop naming their film Shirley because it gets confusing. Please. I hope that um I hope we see at least one Sundance film break into I think as a award conversation. Like I would love to see A. V. Rockwell and directing, like women directors, women of color directors, like I we need it. This year was such an embarrassment. And we had six men. Let's go three women and make two of them or all three of them women of color. That would be payback for the six men <laughs> in one no year. Men. No more men. Let's just go all women. Um, but maybe past lives will be the Sundance film that maybe goes through Shaw passages best supporting actor i think i know what should be his clip from what i've heard um but you can follow us at oscars underscore central on all social media platforms our site oscarcentral.com and jacob will share his 2024 oscar predictions in length and i'm sure they will all be correct um maybe this year killers of flower moon will pan out for us it will and Rustin release. and Shirley and everything else from last year. <laughs> but or there'll be seven through ten um on the list of ten. What do you put in the top three? <laughs> this horse is, I'm dead. This horse joke will never end. I will never let go of it. That's just the funniest story I've ever heard. Did they base, did they base that portion of Mrs. Harris goes to Paris in the book about you? <laughs> oh Probably. my god. Oh my god. Um, I have to go redeem myself. Netflix, please let me lead the maestro campaign and uh, that's the show.